We're in a war. How can we win? An interview with Kevin Rorty by David Rodriguez. This is the inaugural show of a new series, as yet unnamed. In fact, we'd like you, our listeners, to help us determine the series title by emailing your suggestions. This series, led by Kevin Rorty, will focus on developing and disciplining the interior life to help form us into spiritual shock troops in our ladies' army. This first episode introduces Kevin and the goals of his apostolate, Soka, soul of the Christian apostolate. Praise be Jesus and Mary. I'm David Rodriguez, content director for the Fatima Center. And today I'm joined by my guest, Mr. Kevin Rorty. He's the CEO for SOCA, Souls of the Christian Apostle. Welcome, Kevin, and thank you very much for joining us today. David, it's great to be with you and see you again. Yeah, we've known each other. We actually met at uh, Fatima Center conferences, and that was several years back, right? Yeah, the very beginning days of SOCA. You know, I had just known you from uh, having... What I honestly believe to be one of the best talks I've ever heard on how to explain the the richness of the traditional Latin Mass. So I was really excited to meet you then, and it's been great to have all the, the in-depth conversation we've had over the past few years. Yeah, hopefully we'll get to see each other again in person at a conference sometime soon here where we're trying to plan some of those for people who are interested. But, you know, we will be talking a little bit about your apostolate. Obviously, I think it'll also help people to get to know you. So before we get into all of that, Let's begin as we start all our activities with prayer. I ask us all to offer a spiritual communion. This is a slightly modified version of St. Alphonsus. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. My Jesus, I firmly believe that thou art present, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the blessed sacrament of the altar. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. Lord, increase my faith. I love thee above all things, and I desire thee in my soul. Yet my love is weak and inconstant. Strengthen my love evermore. Since I cannot now receive thee under the sacramental veil, I beseech thee with a heart full of love and longing to come spiritually into my soul. As though thou were already there, I unite myself to thee, and I embrace thee wholly. Permit not that I should ever be separated from thee, thou in me, and I in thee, in time and in eternity, in Mary, and her Immaculate Heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. You know, I didn't know about spiritual communions for a long time, but since I found out about them, they've become one of my favorite devotions, because you can do them all day long. If you've been to Mass, you sort of renew that communion, and if you haven't been to Mass, you still kind of connect to, let's say, you've been on Sunday. But I do think it's important for us to constantly, throughout the day, be going back to to the source of some of our life, to our Lord, right? By the way, is that a practice you you are very familiar with or not too much? Yeah, I started learning about spiritual communions when I was, I think, a freshman in college. I was really trying to figure out how do I live the presence of God? And so taking little breaks throughout the day was something I was trying to do. And then I was now on a college Catholic campus. And so knowing that the Blessed Sacrament is there, when I'd go to make little visits in between classes or things like that, I would try to make a spiritual communion. And so that's when I memorized St. Alphonsus' uh, spiritual communion. And I would say that the last year with COVID and all has kind of upped my reminiscence of it more than it had been for a few years. But um, a very, very valuable, I think, for keeping the presence of God. 
Yeah, I went on a retreat once, and that was sort of my goal, that every hour on the hour, as best as I could, I'd be making a spiritual communion. I still keep trying to do that. I, I fail miserably. But, you know, if I make a few during the day, in fact, that might be a topic we should talk about later on, spiritual communions. Yeah. Because, you know, in this series, one of the things we'd like to talk about is the interior life. And as soon as you say that, I think that might be a term that some people are not familiar with. So would you be willing or able to explain what, what do we mean when we say the interior life? Yeah, so uh, one of the things that sometimes comes up with interior life, it sounds sort of Buddhist or it sounds sort of just like really pious or who knows what. There's a lot of different conceptions people have about that, and I say a lot of them are misconceptions. Um, and I think we first have to contextualize it in terms of, eternity in our soul so uh, as catholics we believe that there's heaven and there's hell and there's a war for souls going on and that's the state of the, the world we live in currently right now and we're in the midst of that your soul my soul and everyone's soul that we know is on the line we're in a battlefield and we have to ask what is the way to win this war and the way to win the war is with the one thing necessary that will save our souls, that will get us to heaven. That doesn't just happen by being a nice person. It doesn't happen by chance or by just mere natural means. It has to be a gift from God, supernatural grace, sanctifying grace. That's what the nature of the interior life is, is sanctifying grace in the soul, the life of God that makes us sort of like we belong in heaven now. Like that is now our home because we identify with the family of God. And that's what the interior life really is about is, coming back to what our true identity is from our baptism now, um, which is the life of God, participation in God's life. And so in a practical level, that's how we think, it's how we see, it's our inner communion with God who truly does dwell in our soul. Um, that's how I describe the, the interior life. So it sounds to me, you know, if I'm getting it right here, we could almost sort of paraphrase by saying the interior life is, is the real life is what life really should be about. And yet, unfortunately, knowing how upside down and backwards our world is, there seems to be something very neglected very often. You know, people live maybe more on a, on a superficial, live the, the external life, I guess, to come up with a different term. Would you, I mean, is that something you've seen as well? Absolutely. You look at the, we live in a shallow world. When I was in high school, that was what I recognized. And I hit sort of uh, ground zero. I hit a breaking point where I was this is all so shallow. And the Old Testament is full of talking about the vanity of this world. This, it all ends. Money, uh, human relationships, um, society, fame, fun, pleasure, it all vanishes. But there's one thing that doesn't vanish, and that's the life of grace. That's the life of God in your soul. And you, by you living that out, it's like echoing this wave of grace to others in the mystical body. If you're growing in sanctifying grace, you're intrinsically connected to others and helping them grow in a mysterious, mystical way, you know, in grace. And that's not something that we should look at as just like a nice idea. If you really have faith, you know, faith that can move mountains, as Scripture says, then you should understand how powerful just one, you know, moment dwelling in the interior life really is, that it can have this radiance. If we really had faith to see that, this would be our life goal. I think this is a show for the reasons that you said that is going to be very necessary because in our day-to-day -day conversations, it might be hard for people to talk about the interior life. They often don't. And they may not be, as you say, be formed to even think this way or, you know, how do you talk about something when you don't maybe get it very much, Right. So with this show, we are hoping that people will come to feel more comfortable about the interior life, understand it more, and thereby also be able to grow in it and share it with others.
Now, the organization you head up is called SOCA for short, but it's Souls of the Christian Apostolate. Clearly, this was a name that you chose quite intentionally, and maybe you can walk us through a little bit of that. Why those particular words? What, what do they mean? Yeah, so the name itself is taken from the spiritual classic, The Soul of the Apostolate, which was written a little over 100 years ago by a Trappist monk, Dom Chotard. St. Pope Pius X called this his bedside reading. He considered this book so important. This is a saint, a po- Pope was a saint that said this book is so important. And I think that this book was prophetic for things to come. It was warning of the dangers of activism. On a day-to-day level, what does that mean? It's sort of naturalism. As Catholics, we want to do a lot of things, but losing sight of the supernatural perspective that this is all oriented toward salvation which is supernatural not just our own activity we have to let god work through us as instruments in a supernatural way for it to bring about true success in a catholic sense true fruit that leads to salvation so we wanted to bring back the revitalize the movement of that was called catholic action that was sort of his heyday when the soul of the apostles written and the goal of catholic action was to bring about the kingship of Christ in society. It was sort of the hierarchy's, you know, sword in society to fight against the ideologies of Marxism and liberalism and the Freemasons and all this stuff that we're just being attacked on all sides. We need to fight. We can't just sit back and be like, well, that's just for the hierarchy to do and we live our own life and that's it. You know, the communists, if you become a communist, you're supposed to be all in. And that's every member, right, in, in the capacity they can. So as Catholics, why do we not have that if we're called to be our, our Lord's disciples and to be his disciple, you have to carry the cross? Why do we have this sort of minimal standard? So I think the soul of the apostle is prophetic in the midst of that Catholic action to say, look, to be all in begins with ordering things properly, begins with your interior life, and that's where the true zeal will take fruit. And so we're trying to revitalize Catholic action beginning with the first step, which is, that interior formation. But we have that end vision of, of transforming society, and we have to believe we can. And, and so the Soli Apostolate was written especially for those who are involved with Catholic action, laity and, and religious. Yeah, I think those are great points you mentioned, the whole of communism, because communism is definitely all about activism, as is much of the revolutionary spirit that we're fighting right now. And so if we're going to be true Catholic counter-revolutionaries, meaning we're restoring God's order, we're going to have to be able to you know, withstand that activism And it's not going to work if we just have our own sort of activism. We've got to go far, far deeper. Uh, In that book, I think my favorite image that I kept with me was uh, Don Shatar talked about how, you know, a lot of people talk about be a channel of God's grace. And he said, no, you don't want to be a channel of God's grace. By the way, I grew up hearing that kind of talk, you know, the different, you know, groups I was at. We want to channel God. And he said, no, you're not going to be a channel of God's grace because a channel will dry up. You know, the water just flows through and it doesn't stay there. Instead, he said, you need to be a well. And so if you're a well and you're filled with God's grace, then you it can always come out. You know, for whatever activity you have, that water, grace, uh, will always be able to flow out. But you yourself need to remain full. So don't just be a channel, which basically remains dry, let's say, once the water passes through it. Be a well that always is filled. And so that image is what really stayed with me, or an image, one of the images that really stayed with me from that. And maybe that even ties in with, I was going to ask you this word that, again, people might not be familiar with, apostolate. I think today, a word people are much more familiar with and use commonly is ministry. I'm in this ministry. I'm in that ministry. But here there's a word that's apostolate. Maybe you could compare, you know, why the word apostolate? Yeah, um, 
let me come back to that. I just want to first address real quick the reservoir notion. Uh, this is something that is a part of our, our, our big vision in SOCA is to redefine the standard of formation for Catholics. What does it mean to be a Catholic? You know, if you say well, how many Catholics are in the world today? Over a billion, right? Well, how many of those are really practicing in this state of grace? If the mission of the church is the salvation of souls, and to be saved, you have to be in the state of sanctifying grace. How many of the, what percent of the, that over a billion Catholics are really like being served under that, that mission of the church, so to speak, you know, really can identify, you know, that, that's an important question. I think we have to have a standard. What is the standard? And there's not clarity by and large throughout the church. And so we want to help redefine that standard beginning with the one thing necessary. Um, and, and to, and, and, and that ties into when you're saying, well, people are just channels, channels, water comes in and goes out. Um, and, and that's like how the church has been for every individual who enters the church, six and a half leave, right? That was pre COVID. What's it going to be like? You know, what is it now? You know, and then, and then you wonder of those who are in, how many are like really living in a state of grace? It's just like, okay, we can talk all we, all day we want about going out and doing things and being nice people and all. But the bottom line is that we are, we are bleeding and we keep trying to put bandages on you know, a huge flesh wound. And there, there's a much deeper problem that's going on. We need like deep surgery from the inside out. Um, and so anyway, I think like that, that's the whole thing we could talk about. But that ties into the second point that you're, you're getting to, which is what is the notion of an apostolate? Well, um, yeah, I mean, a ministry, I don't know. My, my impression of when that term is used is sometimes is a little more ambiguous. Um, and what, whereas when I see apostolate, I think first and foremost that there's a clear goal in mind, which has to do with the salvation of souls. Um, that there's, there's an intention that's clear that we're trying to help serve souls and their, their, their spiritual life to, to, to be saved. Um, and so apostolate comes from, you know, the, the notion of the apostles that were sent out, uh, in scripture to, you know, to, to, to baptize all. And so we as laity, we can, partake in the hierarchical mission of the church. We are not the hierarchy that was first and foremost given to the apostles, but through the mystical body, we all are called to take, according to the encyclical mystici corporis, in that, that apostolate of the church within our own sphere of life. And so Soka aims to, to sort of help, especially the laity, to, to live out that apostolate according to just traditional Catholic principles. Um, and, and so I, I think, I guess it wasn't necessarily the most intentional, like, word this rather than ministry, the way we worded it. Um, but it's just my impression sometimes ministry tends to be a little more vague in terms of what is this end in mind. Um, sometimes it sounds a little more like we're just here to, like, make people feel good. Whereas our goal is, like, we, we define it. You know, some people aren't going to like the fact that we're, we're here with a clear end in mind, you know. That ties into the first point I was making. You know, if we're, if we're just cream puff Catholics and just fluff and it's all just about being nice and making people feel good, then the, I mean, the communists who are very strategic, very practical, very, you know, they know what the, their, their goals are. They're going to steamroll us, right? And, and they're not going to be intimidated at all, you know, by, by what's supposed to be the church militant. And so anyway, that's, that's something I think that, that ties into both of those points. Yeah. Again, maybe simplifying it a little bit too much, but I would just dovetail for someone who wants to understand it in context of what we were saying earlier. I tend to think that ministry tends to be very externally focused. Oh, Whereas sure, yeah. when you say apostolate, 
you're already kind of going towards that interior life. You're not going to have an apostolate without an interior life, precisely as you said, all the reasons, all going all the way back to the apostles. So when I see that word, I say, okay, this person is focused first on that interior life, the life of grace, their union with Christ, as opposed to just going out and doing stuff. Um, yeah. Well, we want to get to know you a little bit better, find out how you got interested in all of this, because clearly you, you have a, a zeal for this, as well as find out more about Soka, the souls of the Christian apostolate. But I think just for now, so that people get a sense of what this is about, this show, this is this has worked well. Um, some of them might want to get in touch with you in your next in our next session. We'll we'll get to know you and how you got involved with this, and then you'll tell us a little bit more about Soka. Uh, but just for right now, how could people find out more already? Is there a website or a way they could uh, contact you, for example? Yeah. So I would first start with our website, SokaPostolate.org. S O C A P O S T O L A T E dot org. Uh, or if you just type in Google Souls of the Christian Apostolate, on there we have our short little promo video that gives a vision of like, you know, what we're fighting against and what our vision is for SOCA. And then uh, our goal is to be able to start groups around the country that go through some of our formation, uh, individuals, groups, parishes, whatever. And the place to start for that would be at our, we did an online conference about a year ago that also has a monthly uh, formation series that you go to souloftheapostolate.com and you can try it out for free and, and go from there. Um, those are the two places that I would start. As far as contacting me, um, my email is kevin at socapostolate.org. If you have any questions or you just like to get in touch uh, or be involved in some way, I'd be happy to answer your questions. We'll have all that also underneath the show in the, in the show more section of this video. Uh, you can also contact the Fatima Center as we embark on this partnership between the Fatima Center and SOCA. I would like to remind you just also to visit our website. That's www.fatima.org. We've got all kinds of information there, how you can live the Fatima message, our five-point plan, saving souls through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the latest issue of the Crusader, our rosary booklet, many other things that you'll find there. And uh, as well as here on our YouTube channel, you can subscribe we also put all our videos out on podcasts, so you can get the podcast if you prefer audio only. And again, I do just remind you, please do consider the Fatima Center as one of the apostolates to which you make a donation, maybe a monthly tithe. We obviously need to keep the lights running and keep all these great resources coming to you. So we do always appreciate each and every donation. As I said, in our next episode, we will get to meet Kevin a little bit better, as well as find out more about Soka. For now, let's just go ahead and close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was, was in the beginning, beginning is, is now, now and never shall be, world without end. Amen. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for, pray us. for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. Thank you, and may God bless you. Thanks, David. This presentation has been brought to you by the Fatima Center. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. For more resources regarding the spiritual life, the Catholic faith, and the message of Fatima, and to support our vital apostolate with a donation, please visit our website, Fatima.org, or call us at 1-800-263-8160. May all we do be for the greater glory of God and the salvation of souls. Pope St. Pius X and St. Alphonsus Liguori 
pray for us.